With the long-awaited return to Monkey Island right around the corner, I, Suggestive Gaming, figured now would be an amazing time to take an adventure through the swashbuckling storyline of the Monkey Island series so far. While returning series creator Ron Gilbert has stated that the new installment will take and ignore plot elements from the third game beyond as he sees fit, I'm going to cover everything here straightforward and treat it all as canon until we see otherwise. Now, one quick note before I begin, the two original installments, The Secret of Monkey Island and Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge, did see special edition re-releases with brand new, redrawn graphics to replace the original's pixel art style. However, to keep things a bit more faithful, I have decided, with help from a fairly one-sided Twitter poll, to use the VGA CD-ROM versions of the original two games for the visuals in this video. Now, without further ado, this is what you need to know about the Monkey Island series. Our story begins with the introduction of a would-be mighty pirate named Guybrush Threepwood, arriving on Melee Island in the Caribbean Tri-Island area. After speaking with the island's lookout, Guybrush heads to the local Scum Bar to meet with the three pirate leaders. While the leaders aren't initially impressed with Guybrush, their current pirate shortage, caused by a fearsome man named LeChuck, leads them to let him join their ranks, that is, if he can solve the three trials. These trials include proving one's mastery in three important skills of pirating, sword fighting, thievery, and treasure hunting. Tackling these in whatever order he wishes, Guybrush leaves the scum bar to prove himself as a worthy pirate. Meanwhile, a ghost pirate ship sails on a river of lava beneath Monkey Island. Aboard this ship is the ghostly captain, LeChuck. LeChuck is told by his first mate, Bob, about a new pirate training on Melee Island, and he decides to take care of him personally so as to not ruin his plans. Back on Melee, Guybrush explores the town and meets three pirates who he tricks out of two pieces of eight, as well as a man selling a treasure map. Afterwards, Guybrush finds the International House of Mojo, a shop where he meets a woman he comes to know only as the Voodoo Lady. The Voodoo Lady reads his future before disappearing and leaving him to his journey. Further exploring the island, Guybrush is accosted by Sheriff Fester Shinetop, who warns him that now is a bad time to be visiting the island. In the town jail, Guybrush meets a prisoner named Otis, who was arrested for allegedly picking flowers in the forest. After their conversation is interrupted by Shinetop, Guybrush leaves to continue his trials. Starting with the trial of treasure hunting, Guybrush feeds a familiar-looking troll... Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme... ...and comes across a circus tent. The Fettuccini brothers, who run the circus, then hire him to test their cannon. Using a pot found in the kitchen of the scum bar as a helmet, Guybrush enters the cannon and is fired into a pole. The brothers give him his payment, and Guybrush is able to buy a shovel from the general store, as well as the treasure map from the man selling them. Decoding the interesting instructions, Guybrush finds the treasure and digs it up, finding the legendary lost treasure of Melee Island, a t-shirt. Moving on to the trial of swordplay, Guybrush meets an expert swordsman named Captain Smirk, who teaches him the art of insult sword fighting, in which one's tongue needs to be sharper than their sword. After Guybrush defeats the many pirates of the island in insult sword fighting, he finally becomes ready to challenge the swordmaster, Carla. He soon learns, however, that she has no interest in the attention. Guybrush follows the general store's keeper to her house and challenges her himself. After Guybrush defeats her at her own game, he receives his reward and proof of victory another t-shirt. 
For the final trial, that of thievery, Guybrush elects to take something from the governor of the Tri-Island area's mansion. To get inside, he steals a piece of meat from the kitchen of the scum bar and seasons it with a sedative flower he finds in the jungle. He then gives this piece of meat to the deadly piranha poodles outside the governor's mansion, which causes them to fall asleep, not die, which is a very important distinction. Guybrush enters the mansion and tries to steal something of value, but is stopped by Sheriff Shinetop as he tries to open a locked case to retrieve a fabulous idol. Guybrush gives Otis some gopher repellent he found in the governor's mansion to stave off the rats in his cell, and the prisoner provides him with a cake in exchange. Guybrush then finds a file hidden inside of the cake and returns to the governor's mansion to open the lock to the idol. After getting it, however, Guybrush is again stopped by Sheriff Shinetop, who tries to place him under arrest. Governor Elaine Marley then arrives and covers for Guybrush, calling Shinetop off and sending him away. Taken aback by her beauty, Guybrush is unable to thank her for this, however, and she leaves him to finish his quest to become a pirate, even though she thinks he looks too sweet for it. As Guybrush leaves, however, he is stopped again by Sheriff Shinetop, who claims that his plans for the governor are too important to be stopped by a would-be pirate. Shinetop then ties the fabulous idol around Guybrush's waist and kicks it into the waters, submerging him below the depths to drown. Luckily, Guybrush has the talent of being able to hold his breath for 10 minutes, allowing him just enough time to deduce his escape plan, simply picking up the idol as well as a submerged sword before climbing a nearby ladder up to the docks. On the dock, Guybrush watches a ghost ship sail off and disappear into the horizon. The lookout then arrives and delivers horrible news. Governor Marley has been kidnapped by LeChuck and taken off in the ship that just left to Monkey Island. Guybrush then takes it upon himself to find a crew and a ship to go and rescue her. First assembling his crew, Guybrush uses a mug of the corrosive but refreshing pirate beverage Grog to dissolve the lock on Otis's cell, breaking him out and gaining his loyalty. Meanwhile, LeChuck and his crew return to their hideout beneath Monkey Island, and on board, Bob finds Sheriff Shinetop, who is revealed to be the ghost pirate LeChuck in disguise. LeChuck and his first mate then discuss his plan, which involves kidnapping Elaine, as well as some kind of root. Guybrush then returns to the Swordmaster, Carla, and convinces her to join his crew as well. The final member of the crew is another Melee Island inhabitant named Meathook, who agrees to join Guybrush's crew if he can prove his bravery by facing the beast that bit off both of Meathook's hands, a parrot. Guybrush does so and gains the final member of his crew. With his crew now in place, Guybrush sets off to find his own ship. Meeting a sleazy used ship salesman named Stan, Guybrush is able to trick the general storekeeper into giving him a line of credit, and he purchases a boat the Sea Monkey. Guybrush then meets Stan at the docks to retrieve his new vessel, and his shipmates arrive shortly after. They aren't impressed with their ship or its lack of staff and equipment, but they nevertheless embark on their journey to Monkey Island to rescue Governor Marley from LeChuck's clutches. Once at sea, Guybrush's crew decide that they'd rather like a relaxing cruise on the Caribbean and stage a mutiny, refusing to help him reach Monkey Island. Taking matters into his own hands, Guybrush finds the ship's former captain's log, where he learns that he and his first mate, Toothrot, found directions to Monkey Island in the form of a food recipe. Guybrush finds the recipe and prepares the meal, concocting some kind of voodoo spell that causes him to pass out and directs the ship to Monkey Island. 
Days later, Guybrush awakens and spots the island off in the distance. Again using a pot as a helmet, Guybrush climbs inside the ship's cannon and fires himself to the shores of the island, leaving his crew behind to save Governor Marley. After a rough landing on the beach, Guybrush is stuck with his head buried in the sand. An old hermit then finds him and introduces himself as Herman Toothrot, the first mate that found his way to the island years ago. Guybrush then explores Monkey Island and searches for Elaine, all while being pestered by Toothrot. Soon, Guybrush learns that LeChuck's lair is below a sacred monkey head which can be opened by a key Toothrot currently holds. In order to get the key from Herman, Guybrush works to get the hermit's banana picker back from the island's natives, who happen to be cannibals. While doing so, Guybrush accidentally fires a large rock into the sea monkey, sinking it and stranding his crew at sea. Guybrush then meets the cannibals who imprison him for attempting to steal bananas. He easily escapes captivity and gives the bananas to a monkey who unlocks the path to the sacred monkey head. There, Guybrush finds a small idol, which he gives to the cannibals as an offering. They leave to place the idol back at the monkey head, allowing Guybrush to take the banana picker, which he in turn gives to Toothrot for the key to the monkey head. Guybrush then takes the key back to the monkey head, opening it and descending below Monkey Island. There, he's unable to find LeChuck, so he returns to the cannibals and learns about the head of the navigator, which can lead him to the ghost pirate. The cannibals also claim that LeChuck stole a special route that will allow them to make a solution that will kill him for good. After getting the head of the navigator from the cannibals, Guybrush returns below the island and uses its directions to find LeChuck's ghost pirate ship. Guybrush convinces the reanimated head to let him use his magic necklace to become invisible to the ghost pirate crew as he sneaks aboard. Guybrush retrieves the stolen root from LeChuck's ship and takes it back to the cannibals, who use it to create the anti-ghost root brew. When Guybrush returns below the island to use it on LeChuck, however, he finds his ship gone. Bob, who was left behind, tells Guybrush that the ghost ship left to go back to Melee Island, where LeChuck intends to marry Elaine Marley. Luckily, Herman Toothrot appears and offers to take them both back to Melee in his ship he's just now announcing he has. Once they arrive on Melee Island, Guybrush races to the town church where he interrupts the wedding. As he argues with LeChuck, however, Governor Marley reveals that she had already escaped the ghost pirate's clutches and had her own ghost-zapping voodoo root beer. After Guybrush scares off the two monkeys disguised as Elaine, who happen to be holding her root beer, she follows them, leaving him alone with LeChuck for their final confrontation. Unfortunately, Guybrush isn't able to use his own root beer as LeChuck punches him across the island with his immense power, knocking the root beer out of his hand. Guybrush then lands at Stan's previously owned vessels. LeChuck arrives and punches Stan into the distance, and Guybrush then picks up a bottle of root beer that fell out of a nearby grog machine. He shakes it up and sprays it at LeChuck, causing his ghostly head to burst into the air, creating a beautiful firework-like display. Elaine then arrives, and she and Guybrush share a romantic moment as they watch the fireworks above. Meanwhile, Guybrush's crew wash up on Monkey Island and are captured by the cannibals, leaving their fate unknown for now. Months later, on Scab Island, also in the Tri-Island area, Guybrush tells his tale of defeating LeChuck to two other pirates, who are very sick of hearing it. 
Guybrush then takes his leave to find a ship to charter to continue his search for the largest treasure of every pirate's dream, the legendary Big Whoop. On his way to find a ship, however, Guybrush is met by the fearsome Largo Legrand, who, despite his small stature, is able to shake him down and steal all of his plundered riches. Largo then imposes an embargo on the island, preventing anyone, including Guybrush, from leaving the island. Exploring Scab Island, Guybrush finds the three pirates he met on Melee Island before he comes across another international house of Mojo. Inside, he finds the same voodoo lady that he met on his first journey. The pair devise a plan to create a voodoo doll of Largo in order to place a curse on him to hopefully force him to lift the embargo. To assemble this doll, Guybrush collects an item from four of the basic voodoo groups. Something of the thread, a piece of Largo's clothes from the laundromat, something of the head, dandruff from his toupee, something of the body, his spit, and something of the dead, a bone of one of his ancestors dug up from the cemetery. After returning these ingredients to the voodoo lady, she assembles the doll, and Guybrush finds Largo. Guybrush then uses pins on the doll to torture Largo, gloating that he killed the ghost pirate LeChuck. Guybrush then shows Largo a piece of LeChuck's still-alive beard to prove his story. Largo gleefully takes it from him before leaving, proclaiming that with a surviving piece of LeChuck, he can revive him. Guybrush then speaks with the voodoo lady, who confirms that with that piece of his beard, Largo can definitely reanimate LeChuck's decomposing corpse. She then tells him that Big Whoop holds the key to another world where Guybrush can escape LeChuck forever. She also reveals that the map to the treasure was torn into four pieces and divided across the Caribbean by Governor Elaine Marley's grandfather, Horatio, and the crew of his ship, which was named the Elaine. Guybrush then charters a ship, the Jolly Rasta, from a local shipsman named Captain Dread and sets sail to search for the pieces of the map. Meanwhile, deep in the Caribbean, Largo and a voodoo priest resurrect LeChuck inside a giant fortress in the middle of the ocean. Now a zombie, LeChuck demands Largo bring him Guybrush Threepwood, while he has the voodoo priest begin to build him a very special doll of his own. Guybrush's search for the map pieces takes him to the islands of Fat and Booty. On Booty Island, Guybrush finds Stan once again, now selling used coffins, one of which Guybrush is forced to trap him in. He also gets his first map piece by obtaining the figurehead of a sunken ship and trading it to a shopkeeper for the piece. He then gets a costume and attends a Mardi Gras party being thrown by none other than Elaine Marley. When Guybrush tries to steal a piece of the map from Elaine's mansion during the party, he is caught by her, who laments their short-lived relationship as a mistake. While Guybrush tries to get her to take him back, Elaine realizes he's only after the map and instead throws it out a nearby window. As Guybrush attempts to retrieve the piece from a big tree where it flew, he falls and gets knocked out. In his unconsciousness, he sees a vision of his parents, who he believes abandoned him. They claim that they would never, before giving him information in the form of a song. The pair then transform into skeletons and start to sing the skeleton dance which Guybrush writes down the lyrics to as they sing. He then sees a vision of LeChuck, who sprays Guybrush with the voodoo root beer, waking him up from this weird dream. Guybrush is then able to climb the tree and get the second map piece. On Fat Island, Guybrush is imprisoned by Governor Fat, who hopes to collect a bounty placed on his head by LeChuck. 
He is able to escape captivity by luring the guard dog with a bone and finds a pirate who challenges him to a drinking contest in exchange for a map piece. Guybrush swaps out his drink with a non-alcoholic version, winning the contest and exploring his house to find the map piece. Back on Scab Island, Guybrush is able to reanimate the ashes of Rapscallion, the Elaine's cook, in order to get his piece of the map. With all four pieces of the map in his possession, he takes them back to Scab Island's resident cartographer, Wally B. Feed, who reassembles them in exchange for a love potion from the Voodoo Lady. Guybrush retrieves the love potion from the Voodoo Lady, who feels a great disturbance in the force, believing Wally to be in trouble, with LeChuck behind it. Guybrush then finds a crate of supplies addressed to LeChuck's fortress and climbs inside. Five days later, the crate arrives at LeChuck's fortress. Once the coast is clear, Guybrush emerges from the crate and looks around the fortress. Guybrush finds Wally in a locked jail cell and begins to search for a way to rescue him. Using the lyrics of the song sung to him by his parents during his dream, Guybrush finds a secret passageway. On the other side, however, he springs a trap, and a cage captures him before LeChuck arrives. The zombie pirate taunts Guybrush before calling Largo to have him taken to the torture chamber. Guybrush and Wally are then tied up to an extremely elaborate torture device that will eventually lower them into a pit of acid. LeChuck then walks off, leaving them to die, but Guybrush thinks quickly on his feet, or rather off of them, and blows out the candle burning the rope holding them up. With the room cast in darkness, Guybrush and Wally are able to escape and destroy the fortress, blasting Guybrush to the nearby Dinky Island. On Dinky Island, Guybrush inexplicably finds Herman Toothrot with Captain Marley's parrot. The parrot leads Guybrush to an X marking the spot of Big Whoop's supposed burial. Guybrush then digs until he hits cement, using dynamite to blast past it. On Booty Island, Elaine feels the vibration from the blast and, recognizing it as coming from the location of her grandfather's treasure, realizes Guybrush must be meddling with it and makes her way to check on him. Meanwhile, Guybrush uses a rope to swing to the treasure inside of the chasm left by the explosion, but winds up left hanging after he grabs it. Luckily for him, Elaine arrives shortly after, and Guybrush tells her the story of how he wound up in his current predicament. Afterwards, his rope finally gives out, and he falls to the depths below. When Guybrush comes to, he finds himself in some kind of underground facility, with LeChuck next to him. Guybrush tries to escape from the zombie pirate, but LeChuck claims that he'll never be able to, as they're bound to each other. LeChuck then makes the shocking revelation that he is none other than Guybrush Threepwood's brother. LeChuck then shows his brother his own voodoo doll of Guybrush, using it to torture him and send him to another dimension. Luckily, Guybrush is simply sent to the next room. He then explores the facility, collecting the four needed ingredients to create a voodoo doll of his own, of LeChuck. In doing so, he finds a station for lost parents, where he finds the skeletal remains of his own parents. He also finds an elevator which takes him to the same spot in Melee Island where he first met LeChuck, where he was under the guise of Sheriff Shinetop. After assembling the voodoo doll, Guybrush turns the tables and uses it on LeChuck, tearing off its leg to dismember the zombie pirate. LeChuck then lays dying and asks Guybrush to take his mask off so he can see the true face of his brother. Guybrush does so and immediately recognizes his brother Chucky. Chucky tells Guybrush that their mom sent him to, quote, hunt him down. 
Suddenly, they're interrupted by a worker who tells the kids that they aren't supposed to be there. Guybrush and Chucky then find themselves as children in an amusement park, where they are reunited with their parents. As the family go to leave, however, Chucky gives an evil look, revealing that all might not be as it seems. Back on Dinky Island, Elaine stands beside the chasm left by the dynamite, where she waits for Guybrush. She then remarks to herself that she hopes LeChuck hasn't cast some kind of spell on him. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Quick aside, as mentioned in the intro, at this point, the story moves forward past original creator Ron Gilbert's intentions. As such, take the following stories with a grain of salt, as Gilbert has denounced certain plot inclusions and will likely ignore or flat-out contradict them in Return to Monkey Island. With that said, let's continue. Sometime later, Guybrush finds himself floating at sea in a detached bumper car. Unsure of how he got there, Guybrush writes a log of his journey before hearing the sound of cannon fire. As he looks up, he notices that he's drifting towards a battle between a ship and a fort. On the ship is the zombie pirate LeChuck, and on the fort is Governor Elaine Marley, again trying to decline LeChuck's romantic advances. During their conversation, Elaine reveals that Guybrush was the only man she ever loved, a statement he takes great comfort in. LeChuck then spots Guybrush, and his crew fish him out of the water. LeChuck is angered that Guybrush somehow escaped his Carnival of the Damned, but having other matters to attend to at the moment, he has him thrown into the hold while he prepares his flaming voodoo cannonball. In the hold, Guybrush finds a small pirate manning a cannon. To Guybrush's surprise, this blood-nose-the-pirate is none other than Wally B. Feed. Guybrush convinces Wally that he's not cut out to be a pirate, causing the cartographer to fall to the ground in sorrow. With the cannon now free, Guybrush uses it to take out LeChuck's advancing undead army. One of the skulls from the skeletal army survives and introduces himself as Murray, claiming to be a fearful, powerful, mighty demonic skull. Guybrush simply smacks him into the water and continues on. Guybrush then cuts the cannon's restraint rope with a sword he retrieved from Murray's body. With the cannon loose, he fires it, causing it to blast through the locked door behind him. The cannon shakes the ship, causing LeChuck to drop the voodoo cannonball, which explodes into a giant, skull-shaped cloud of magic. This causes the ship to sink, while leaving what remains of LeChuck's spirit in his boots. Guybrush finds himself in the capsized ship's treasure hold. There, he finds a giant diamond ring and uses it to cut open a porthole nearby, allowing him to escape. He then washes ashore on Plunder Island, where Elaine waits for him. Guybrush, realizing the love between them keeps bringing them together, proposes to Elaine with the diamond ring. 
She accepts, and the pair celebrate their engagement as Wally arrives. Wally congratulates them, noting that her ring looks awfully similar to one LeChuck had in his treasure hold, one that just so happened to have a ghastly voodoo curse on it. Elaine realizes what Guybrush has done and prepares to punch him in the face. As she winds back, however, the curse takes hold and turns her into solid gold. That rhymed. Hoping to find a way to cure Elaine's curse, Guybrush leaves her on the beach and searches Plunder Island. He spots a voodoo shop where Murray has been found and used as a decoration outside. Inside the voodoo shop, Guybrush finds the familiar voodoo lady once again. She agrees to help him reverse the curse, that rhymed again, making sure Guybrush hid his solid gold wife from the island of greedy pirates. Guybrush realizes his mistake and rushes back to the beach just in time to see a pirate ship sailing off with his wife. Guybrush returns to the voodoo lady, who suspects the thieves to be the pirates anchored in the nearby Danger Cove. She then tells Guybrush that in order to lift the curse on Elaine, he must replace her cursed ring with one of equal or greater value, which he might find on Blood Island. Meanwhile, LeChuck's boots are recovered by a passing ship, and his spirit again awakens, this time as a fiery demon. He then transforms the ship's crew into his skeletal minions before setting sail to his stronghold on Monkey Island, where he'll unleash his massive army of the undead. Guybrush then sets off to find the map to Blood Island, a ship to get there, and a crew to man it. Disguising himself as El Pollo Diablo and getting onto the ship in Danger Cove, he's able to convince his crew to leave it behind, giving him his ship, as well as Elaine's location, who he recovers and hides on the ship's crow's nest. He then impresses three pirates turned barbers and convinces them to join his crew. Finally, he finds a talent agent with the map to Blood Island tattooed on his back, and Guybrush is able to cleverly burn it off his skin. With his ship, his crew, and a map, Guybrush then sets sail to Blood Island. Guybrush's journey is not without issue, however, as his crew is again more interested in leisure than work. Things only get worse when the ship is boarded by Captain Rottingham, who steals the map to Blood Island by winning in a high seas variation of insult sword fighting, where every retort has to rhyme. See, it's a theme. After convincing his crew to get back to work after bringing their shanty to an unceremonious conclusion, Guybrush begins to sail the seas, taking down lesser pirates to increase his repertoire of rhyming retorts while upgrading his ship's battle capabilities. Eventually, Guybrush is strong enough to take down Rottingham and retrieve the map before sailing to Blood Island. A storm breaks out on the way, however, and the ship is run aground on Blood Island, damaging it and throwing Elaine from the crow's nest to the nearby woods. After making sure Elaine is safe and sound hidden in the woods, Guybrush begins to look for the ring to lift her curse. Speaking with Blood Island's hotel's owner, Griswold Goodsoup, Guybrush learns of the ring, which belonged to his family until its diamond was stolen from them, by LeChuck incidentally, and sold to smugglers. Guybrush then finds Stan in Blood Island's cemetery and lets him out of the coffin he previously trapped him in. Stan then starts an insurance company, which Guybrush exploits to get a life insurance payout. Guybrush then meets another old group of friends, the Monkey Island Cannibals, who now worship a volcano on the island. Through various means, including reuniting the deceased Good Soup spirit with her lost love, as well as cheating at a poker game with a dangerous smuggler on Skull Island, Guybrush is able to retrieve both the ring's band and the diamond. He then combines the two once again and replaces the cursed ring on Elaine's finger 
lifting the curse, returning her to her normal form, and finally receiving the punch she tried to give him. Their celebration is cut short, however, as they're ambushed and captured by LeChuck's army of the undead. Guybrush then finds himself on Monkey Island, inside LeChuck's Carnival of the Damned. LeChuck reveals that this was the same place he had trapped Guybrush and tortured him to believe he was a child. LeChuck then tells him that he intends to give Elaine the fabled treasure of Big Whoop, which is actually a portal to hell. LeChuck plans for Elaine to go through this gate to the demon netherworld to transform her into an immortal being, just as he once did. LeChuck then reveals to Guybrush that he had once tried to court Elaine, but she refused him. Hoping to gain her favor, he went off looking for the secret of Monkey Island, but his ship marooned on Blood Island. There, he met Elaine's grandfather, Horatio Marley. LeChuck places the spell on Guybrush to make him a child once again before leaving with Elaine. Guybrush, after again ignoring Murray, assembles a concoction to get his head clear, returning to his form as a grown man. He then heads into the nearby roller coaster to hell to stop LeChuck from transforming Elaine. Luckily, Elaine was able to escape from LeChuck and change the tracks so the roller coaster won't reach the portal to hell. Guybrush then visits the various dioramas on the roller coaster, each telling a different tale in the history of Monkey Island, finding materials he can use to destroy the roller coaster along the way. He also spots Wally strung up in a display of the torture room he was in with Guybrush. After creating a makeshift explosive device, Guybrush tricks LeChuck into lighting its fuse with his fire breath. The explosion then destroys the roller coaster, trapping LeChuck in its debris. Afterwards, Guybrush and Elaine finally get married and sail off to enjoy their honeymoon on the Caribbean. Sometime later, a family visits the Carnival of the Damned, and the father discusses a rumor about the park's creator, whose body is said to be buried underneath. Three months into their honeymoon, Guybrush and Elaine's ship is raided by another group of pirates. While she holds them off physically, Guybrush is able to use his wit to fire their ship's cannons to take down the attacking pirates. When the newlyweds return to Melee Island, they find no welcoming committee waiting for them, instead spotting a worker attempting to demolish the governor's mansion. Elaine then learns that she was declared legally dead, with her position as governor vacated. While Elaine tries to declare herself legally undead, she tasks Guybrush with stopping the demolition and traveling to Lucre Island to talk to her grandfather's lawyers. After destroying the workers' catapult and preventing the mansion's destruction, the sole candidate for the mayoral election, a man named Charles L. Charles, introduces himself to Guybrush and Elaine. Elaine decides to run against Charles for her own position, and Guybrush searches for a ship and crew to take him to Lucre Island. First, Guybrush hires a navigator he meets at the scum bar named Ignatius Cheese, before reuniting with two-thirds of his original crew to Monkey Island, Carla and Otis. While they initially try to hide their true identity from Guybrush, they soon come clean and tell him about how they escaped Monkey Island. Promising them cushy government jobs if they accompany him once again, Guybrush successfully recruits them to his crew as well. Using the governor's seal, Guybrush is able to charter a ship, the Dainty Lady, from the Harbor Mistress, and he ships off to Lucre Island with his crewmates. Once they dock at Lucre Island, Guybrush goes into town and finds the lawyers, learning from them that Elaine's grandfather left the family heirlooms in a safety deposit chest at the Lucre Island Municipal Bank 
including the deed to the Marley Mansion and the key to a secret ten times as powerful as Big Whoop, the ultimate insult. Guybrush goes to the bank and witnesses an angry Australian man named Ozzy Mandrill arguing with the teller, breaking his walking stick out of frustration as he leaves. Guybrush then retrieves the safety deposit chest, finding it mostly filled with junk. As he finds the deed, however, he also finds himself at the end of a gun, held by himself. This imposter takes off his mask to show himself as a man without a nose, before he puts it back on, takes the chest, and runs off. As Guybrush leaves the bank's vault, he is arrested for robbing it. Guybrush is then forced to clear his name, finding the real perpetrator of the crime, a criminal named Pegnose Pete, who was hired by Ozzy Mandrill to frame Guybrush and steal the Marley family heirlooms. Guybrush is able to capture Pegnose and deliver him to the jailhouse, finding a prosthetic nose in the bank to prove he was framed. He then confronts Mandrill, learning that the man is a land developer scheming to buy out the entire Caribbean. Guybrush then tricks Mandrill into leading him to the location of the stolen items from the bank, successfully returning them and retrieving the family heirlooms. Guybrush then returns to the jailhouse, where Pegnose Pete is declared the perpetrator, clearing Guybrush's name. Pegnose is able to break free, however, disappearing in a literal flash. Guybrush returns to Melee Island and gives the mansion deed to Elaine before telling her about all the events on Lucre. Suddenly, Charles L. Charles breaks into the mansion and reveals a shocking secret. He is none other than LeChuck, under a magical disguise. LeChuck explains that his imminent election is merely part of a plan to use the gubernatorial powers to uncover the secret of the ultimate insult. Elaine doubles her efforts to keep LeChuck out of the governor's mansion, while Guybrush tries to find the ultimate insult before LeChuck and Ozzy can. Once again, Guybrush heads to the International House of Mojo to consult with the Voodoo Lady. The Voodoo Lady finally reveals that the ultimate insult is a powerful talisman that allows its user to spew incredibly foul insults in an ancient tongue that permanently destroy whoever they're targeted at emotionally. While the Voodoo Lady notes that all of the copies of the ultimate insult's recipe have been destroyed, she does know that one island has all of the ingredients to make one. She just doesn't know which island that is. Guybrush explores Melee to learn more, reuniting with Meat Hook, and soon finding that Ozzy had bought out the Scum Bar, converting it to the Lua Bar. Just a quick aside that this is a reference to the previous games being created in the LucasArts Scum Engine, while this game was made in a new engine that was based on the Lua scripting language. This is a really cute reference and one of my favorite jokes in the entire series. Anyway, after using the various heirlooms left by Elaine's grandfather, Guybrush animates the figurehead of the Dainty Lady, and discovers the island that contains the ultimate insult ingredients is Jambalaya Island. Guybrush and his crew sail to Jambalaya, where they find it converted into a tourist location. Included on this island is Planet Threepwood, a restaurant themed after himself, where he finds Murray the Demonic Skull. He also comes across Stan once again, now selling timeshares. Through various means on the island, Guybrush collects the three pieces needed for the ultimate insult, a silver monkey head, a bronze pirate hat, and a golden trophy of a man. With the three pieces in hand, Guybrush returns to Melee Island to find the newly elected LeChuck in the governor's mansion, with Ozzy Mandrill with him, revealing that the demon pirate is working for the land developer. LeChuck reveals that Ozzy rescued him from the Carnival of the Damned after Guybrush buried him there. 
He then agreed to help Ozzy find the ultimate insult to use to destroy the spirit of all of the pirates in the Caribbean, including Elaine, which would leave her completely open to the suggestion of becoming his demon bride. The pair then take the pieces of the ultimate insult from Guybrush, and believing they may need him as a hostage later, maroon him on Monkey Island. On Monkey Island, Guybrush comes across Herman Toothrot once again, helping him restore his memory to learn that all along, he was none other than Governor Horatio Torquemada Marley, Elaine's grandfather. Horatio then remembers that he was in a shipwreck caused by Ozymandril years ago that caused him to lose his memory. Afterwards, he saw his initials, H.T., and took on the moniker Herman Toothrot before reaching Monkey Island and becoming a hermit there. Horatio then reveals one final secret, the ultimate insult's secret final piece, the gubernatorial seal, which he happens to still have a spare of. Meanwhile, on Melee, Pignose Pete captures Elaine, taking her to LeChuck and Ozzy, providing them with her seal. Guybrush then learns the art of monkey combat from Monkey Prince Jojo Jr., mastering it to win the prince's bronze hat. Guybrush then enters the giant sacred monkey head to discover that it houses a cockpit, which the seal acts as a key for, awakening a giant mechanical monkey, which will act as an ultimate insult to rival LeChuck and Ozzy's. Guybrush, Horatio, and Jojo the monkey pilot the mech back to Melee Island, where they find a giant amplification tower Ozzy plans to use to spread the ultimate insult all across the Tri-Island area. Guybrush is able to disable the tower, foiling that part of their plan. Meanwhile, LeChuck and Ozzy discover that the gubernatorial seal is the final piece of the ultimate insult, and they successfully unlock its power. When they try to use the amplifier and find it non-operational, however, LeChuck and Ozzy argue before the demon pirate leaves to possess a giant statue of Charles L. Charles he had erected after winning the election. Guybrush reaches the mansion where he finds Elaine and Ozzy, but as LeChuck arrives, he captures both of them. Guybrush then runs back to the giant monkey as Ozzy uses the ultimate insult to take control of LeChuck and the statue. Guybrush then engages in the ultimate battle of monkey combat with Ozzy and the LeChuck statue, but during the battle, Elaine is able to escape. LeChuck then regains control and smashes Ozzy, crushing him under the weight of the statue. The ultimate insult is also destroyed, creating a massive blast that takes LeChuck with it. Afterwards, Elaine reunites with Guybrush and her grandfather. Horatio then takes his place as governor once again, freeing his granddaughter and her husband to sail the seas freely. LeChuck survives this encounter, and Guybrush spends the next couple of years assembling the pieces to create the Cursed Cutlass of Kaflu, which he hopes to use to destroy his nemesis for good. During this quest, however, LeChuck captures Elaine in the Gulf of Melange and takes her to the Rock of Gelato. As Guybrush tries to spray the cutlass with its final ingredient, fizzy root beer, he drops the canister, forcing him to improvise more voodoo root beer. Guybrush then stabs LeChuck with the cutlass, but its shoddy quality prevents it from working correctly. Instead of destroying LeChuck, the cutlass reverts him back to his human form, concentrating his evil into a pox which infects Guybrush's hand, causing it to act on its own. An explosion on the ship then blasts Guybrush away, separating him from his wife and the now-human LeChuck. Guybrush then washes ashore Flotsam Island, where all winds blow inwards, preventing anyone from leaving once they arrive. 
Guybrush meets pirate journalist Davy Nipperkin, who tells him that his source, known only as Deep Gut, might know how to get off of the island. Nipperkin then tasks Guybrush with creating three stories of pirate acts, getting in a fight at the local restaurant, tricking another pirate into believing he's found buried treasure, and finally capturing a boat called the Screaming Narwhal from its current captain, Reginald Van Winslow, who then takes the role of first mate. Nipperkin then gives Guybrush the location of Deep Gut, who turns out to be the voodoo lady. Guybrush tells her about his failure to destroy LeChuck, as well as his current humanly status, much to her frustration. Guybrush then asks her about his hand, which she claims is infected with the pox of LeChuck. The voodoo lady then states that the only way for him to rid his hand of the pox is with a sponge-like artifact called La Esponja Grande. While she doesn't know how to find it, she states that a former lover of hers, Coronado de Cava, was last searching for it in the Jerkbait Islands. She then gives Guybrush a locket to give to Dakava before sending him on his way. As Guybrush leaves the voodoo lady's hut, he's hit with some bad news from Nipperkin. The pox of LeChuck has become airborne, and is currently spreading to the other pirates in the area through a giant floating death cloud. Guybrush then tries to figure out how to get off the island to find Dakava, but during this effort, he is captured by a doctor, the Marquis de Singe who hopes to amputate and study his cursed hand. Luckily, Guybrush is able to escape his captivity, causing the Marquis to look to famous pirate hunter Morgan Lafley for help getting him back. Guybrush then finds a giant statue of a wind god blowing into an instrument, which the Marquis accidentally reveals is a wind control device that he has been using to strand the pirates on the island for years. Guybrush is then able to figure out the complicated manner in which to disable the machine, using an ancient tool he found as a key. After successfully causing the winds to die down, but also causing the pox to spread outside of the confines of the island, Guybrush boards his ship and leaves Flotsam Island's waters. While his hand initially doesn't allow him to tell Van Winslow where to go, he's able to outsmart his own appendage and direct him to the Rock of Gelato. Once they reach it, however, Guybrush spots Elaine on his own ship, with the human LeChuck seemingly acting kind and winning her over. As Guybrush begins to get jealous, he hears the voice of an unknown woman. He turns towards her and is met with the end of a blade. The woman holding the blade introduces herself as Morgan Lafley, feared pirate hunter and admirer of Guybrush Threepwood. Hired by the Marquis to retrieve Guybrush's hand, Morgan slices it off with her blade. Guybrush fights her with his own sword, outsmarting her and knocking her off the ship. She's able to make off with Guybrush's severed hand, however, leaving him to replace it with a hook. Guybrush's scrap with Morgan damaged the ship's mast, so they head to the Jerkbait Islands to search for someone who can repair it. At Spinner Cay, the main epicenter of the islands, Guybrush meets various merfolk, including their leader, who is currently fighting with a pirate, McGillicuddy, who is demanding the summoning artifacts which will call forth the legendary sea creatures who will lead him to La Esponja Grande. To Guybrush's surprise, Elaine is there, trying to mediate the argument. Elaine is angered that her husband lost his hand and his wedding ring, so she lets him borrow her ring in the meantime. Elaine elects to stay behind and handle things at Spinner K, sending Guybrush to recover the summoning artifacts, including one that she currently has LeChuck looking for. Guybrush refuses to work with LeChuck, but Elaine insists that in his human form, he's harmless, 
convincing him to put aside their differences to obtain the sponge. Guybrush is able to get his mast repaired and charters a raft in order to explore the area to retrieve the summoning artifacts. In doing so, Guybrush is forced to work together with LeChuck, and despite his better judgment, the pair make a fairly good team. Meanwhile, Morgan delivers Guybrush's hand to the Marquis, who offers her even more money to retrieve the rest of him. After Guybrush recovers all of the summoning artifacts, he returns to Spinner K to find it under attack from McGillicuddy, who captures the Mer-Leader. After rescuing her, she tells Guybrush how to use the summoning artifacts, and he does so. The ancient sea creatures then arrive, and Guybrush leaves Elaine behind to keep an eye on LeChuck as he follows them in his ship. During their travels, Morgan Lafley boards their ship once again, but before she has a chance to capture Guybrush, the screaming narwhal is swallowed whole by a massive manatee. Guybrush, Van Winslow, and Morgan find themselves inside the belly of the beast, where Lafley is knocked out by a falling barrel. Guybrush exits his ship and explores the inside of the creature, finding the one and only Coronado de Cava. Guybrush gives Decava the locket from the Voodoo Lady, which has both of their pictures on it, along with a button in the shape of an arrow. Decava presses the button, which causes the Voodoo Lady's consciousness to take over his body temporarily. When Decava regains control over his body, he becomes furiously jealous over Guybrush's extensive past with the Voodoo Lady, and the fact that Guybrush has seemed to have taken his place. Guybrush states that he's married to another woman, but Decava refuses to believe him without proof. Guybrush then gets Morgan awake and convinces her to pose as his wife. Dakava quizzes them on their knowledge of each other, with both passing the test. After gaining Dakava's trust, the adventurer tells Guybrush that his crew have mutinied against him and stolen the manatee's cochlea, ruining its sense of direction. This has caused the massive creature to merely wander aimlessly, instead of finding its mating grounds where La Esponja Grande will supposedly be found. Decava entrusts Guybrush with finding some insects to craft an artificial cochlea of his design, but after reaching a new part of the manatee's body, the pair instead find Decava's former crew. Guybrush determines that he must convince the mutinous crewmates to allow him to join their club in order to learn where they've got the cochlea. After impressing each one of the three crew members, with one of them being tricked by the talking skull Murray, who Guybrush happens to find in a chest inside of the manatee's stomach, Guybrush is eventually welcomed into the club, where his first task as new recruit is to guard the stolen cochlea. What luck! Guybrush of course takes the cochlea instead, and returns it back to the manatee's ear canal, restoring its sense of direction. The crew catch wind of this, and attempt to take revenge on Guybrush for his betrayal. Morgan comes to his rescue and subdues the crewmates, before Takava gives Guybrush a laxative to pour into the manatee's stomach. After he does so, the screaming narwhal is ejected from the manatee, and they soon find themselves on the surface, floating right above the sacred giant manatee mating grounds. Guybrush heads down below water to find an even larger female manatee guarding the cave which holds the sponge. Guybrush then learns how to speak with the manatees, returning Murray to the ocean on the way, and helps the manatee that swallowed them successfully court the larger female. After they leave, Guybrush is able to enter the cave and finally retrieve La Esponja Grande, which isn't as grand as the name might suggest. After retrieving the sponge, Guybrush returns to his ship to find Decava once again suspecting him of trying to steal the voodoo lady, 
after discovering his locket with Guybrush's picture replacing his, thanks to Guybrush requiring it to take over her body earlier. We skipped over that. Dakava then captures Guybrush and Morgan in cages, but they're able to escape with the sponge and lure Dakava's ship to get swallowed by a manatee yet again. Guybrush finally has La Esponja Grande, but his celebration is cut short, as he's soon reminded that Morgan Lafley is a pirate hunter, and she's still under the Marquis' contract. She swiftly knocks him unconscious before heading back to Flotsam Island to finish her job. Morgan rows Guybrush to the shores of Flotsam and hands him over to the Marquis before collecting her payment. Before the Marquis can take Guybrush to study him, however, an angry mob arrives and serves Guybrush with a voodoo-enchanted court summons, which forces his body to walk to the courthouse. There, Guybrush is charged with four crimes he allegedly committed during his last visit to the island. Guybrush represents himself in the trial, with Stan acting as the prosecutor. Guybrush is then forced to go back out to the island to assemble evidence to clear himself of all charges. While doing so, Guybrush speaks with Morgan and the Marquis, and accidentally reveals that Elaine was near him when he contracted the pox of LeChuck, causing the Marquis to go looking for her. Morgan visibly regrets betraying Guybrush, but he isn't quick to forgive her. After gathering enough evidence and presenting them convincingly, Guybrush is found not guilty of all four civil charges against him. The judge then reveals that Guybrush isn't in the clear just yet, as there's still a criminal charge against him for spreading the pox of LeChuck to the pirates in the area. Elaine then arrives just in time to act as a witness for Guybrush, although the pox has her thrown into a completely different persona. When she smells Morgan's scent on Guybrush, Elaine grows furious and storms out of the courthouse forcing Guybrush to find a way to bring her back. Guybrush soon finds the jealous Elaine sword fighting with Morgan. Guybrush is able to get between them and serve Elaine with a voodoo enchanted summons of her own, which forces her back to the courthouse. Morgan then apologizes to Guybrush for her betrayal, but he still refuses to forgive her, storming off in anger. Back in the courtroom, Elaine doesn't prove to be the star witness Guybrush was hoping for, as she ends up casting even more doubt on him. Guybrush then presents La Esponja Grande to the jury as evidence of him trying to cure the pox, but when he attempts to prove himself by curing Elaine, it instead proves to be completely useless. As the court prepares to take Guybrush to the gallows, LeChuck bursts in and takes all of the blame for the pox. LeChuck states to the jury that his years of dabbling in the dark arts of voodoo accumulated a massive amount of evil within him, the same evil that has now infected all of them. More surprisingly, however, LeChuck states that while his actions brought forth the pox, a more powerful entity had been unknowingly guiding his hand the entire time. LeChuck then submits into evidence a journal, belonging to, much to the surprise of the court, the Voodoo Lady. In the journal, the Voodoo Lady had apparently laid out an extremely detailed plan over the course of several years to manipulate LeChuck's every action. Guybrush is then struck with the sudden realization that one of the few friends he had made along his journey had simply been using him all along. The court then set Guybrush free and imprisoned LeChuck as well as the voodoo lady. Guybrush thanks LeChuck for coming to his rescue and confronts the voodoo lady about her journal, to which she claims that she was simply playing her role in a quote, much larger play. While Guybrush is still angered with her, he reluctantly takes her advice to grow La Esponja Grande by feeding it a special six-course meal. As Guybrush goes looking for the ingredients for this meal, he's surprised to see the Marquis running from his lab in fear. 
when Guybrush investigates the lab, he's met with the shocking sight of Morgan LaFlay with a sword impaled through her torso. Guybrush rushes over, and the dying Morgan tells him that she went to the lab to try to get his hand back for him. She then tries to deliver one final message, but dies during it. With a new sense of revenge towards the Marquis, Guybrush continues his quest. After providing every course of the meal to the sponge, Guybrush finds a lane with the Marquis at the ancient wind control device. The Marquis traps the couple and reveals that he intends to chop Elaine up and use the winds of the device to spread her concentrated pox all over the seas. Guybrush is able to get the Marquis to trip into the device himself before the detached pox-infested hand activates the device, chopping DeSinge into tiny pieces and shooting him out instead. Guybrush then throws La Esponja Grande into the device, causing it to grow to its massive size, curing the pox of LeChuck from every pirate in the area. As Guybrush celebrates with his now-cured wife, LeChuck arrives. A surprised Guybrush asks how he got out of jail, and he's answered by LeChuck's sword, which pierces his abdomen. LeChuck then reveals that he had been toying with Guybrush all along in order to obtain the power of La Esponja Grande before attempting to convince Elaine to marry him once again. With his last words, Guybrush asks Elaine to avenge him before falling dead from his stab wound, seemingly losing his years-long battle with LeChuck. LeChuck then sheds his human disguise and reverts to his demon form before engaging in a sword fight with Elaine. Sometime later, we find the spirit of Guybrush Threepwood crawling from his grave to find himself in the land of the dead. He fetches a ride from the ferryman to the crossroads, where he tries to find his way back to the land of the living to rescue Elaine from LeChuck. There, Guybrush finds Morgan's spirit, who reveals that it was actually LeChuck who had killed her. Guybrush then works to help her come to terms with her own death, leading her to become the new guardian of the afterlife. After obtaining four items that fit the criteria of courage, anchor, guide, and sacrifice with Morgan's help, Guybrush is able to conduct a ritual at the crossroads to open a rift back to the land of the living. Guybrush then finds himself on LeChuck's ship, and the demon pirate then uses La Esponja Grande to pull energy directly from the land of the dead through the open rift. LeChuck then reveals that he had engineered the pox, as well as all of the events afterwards, in order to get Guybrush to get him the crossroads-fueled sponge so he could use its power to finally defeat the voodoo lady to remove her grasp on his destiny. Shockingly, Elaine offers to help LeChuck in this venture, finally agreeing to be his demon bride. Guybrush tries to grab the nearby cursed cutlass of Kaflu to destroy LeChuck, but finds he is unable to thanks to his current spiritual form. Guybrush is then sent back to the crossroads, where his wife's betrayal leaves him crushed. Luckily, Morgan gives him a pep talk and reminds him that he would never give up on Elaine. Guybrush then finds the voodoo lady's locket once again and uses it to possess his own body. Guybrush returns to LeChuck's ship, and the many friends he's made along the way help him keep LeChuck and Elaine at bay as he shrinks the sponge to prevent the demon pirate from using its immense power. Elaine then reveals that she was merely tricking LeChuck, and she stabs him with the Cutlass of Kaflu. While this damages his physical body, his spiritual one survives, allowing him to jump through the rift. On the other side, Morgan LeFlay stabs him, weakening his spiritual self. 
Morgan then determines that they must find a way to destroy both LeChuck's physical and spiritual bodies at the same time in order to destroy him for good. After one final battle aboard LeChuck's ship, Guybrush launches himself in a cannon, wearing his trusty kitchenware headgear once again. He flies through the rift to the crossroads, and LeChuck follows him. While LeChuck is in the rift between worlds, Guybrush sacrifices his last strand of life in order to close it. With LeChuck trapped, Morgan and Elaine stab him from both worlds. A flash of light is left in his wake, and when it clears, Guybrush finds himself alone at the crossroads. Guybrush then realizes that he still holds one item that represents courage, anchor, direction, and sacrifice, his wife's wedding ring. He stands with it on the crossroads and immediately gets sent back to the land of the living, with his body, hand included, intact. Guybrush then finds himself aboard the screaming narwhal, where he's reunited with his wife Elaine, who reveals that she knew from the beginning that Guybrush would be able to come through for her no matter what. Guybrush and Elaine then sail off with Van Winslow, knowing that LeChuck is now gone for good. Unbeknownst to them, however, the spirit of Morgan LeFlay delivers the essence of LeChuck to the Voodoo Lady. In return, the Voodoo Lady grants her the ability to return to the land of the living in her ghostly form as the Ghost Pirate Hunter. As Morgan walks off to live her new life after death, the Voodoo Lady simply states that the tides of destiny will soon shift once again, chuckling at LeChuck's current state. And with that, we complete our trip through one of the greatest and most monumental adventure game series of all time. As a massive, lifelong fan of this franchise, I can't tell you how excited I am to return to Monkey Island with the first installment in over a decade. Until then, look behind you, a three-headed monkey! Hey everybody, thanks for watching this one. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at Suggestive Games or join us to chat in the community Discord to give me feedback, get sneak peeks of what I'm working on, and even help out on future videos. Link in the description. I'd like to thank the folks on screen who pledge monthly either here or on Patreon to help me out. They're the ones who really make this all possible, and you can be too. Just click those links in the description to see how you can help out. Make sure you leave your own suggestion of a franchise you want to see me cover on what you need to know in the comments. Make sure you subscribe with alerts on to Suggestive Gaming, because I've got some massive videos coming the rest of this year. All right, thanks again for watching, guys. I'll see you in the next one.